folks, welcome to Pickaxe and Roll, presented by DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook app. I'm your host, Ryan Blackburn at NBA Blackburn on Twitter. It is Friday night as I'm recording this following the Denver Nuggets win over the Atlanta Hawks on the road. Final score, 133 to 115. This was a really, really impressive offensive game from Denver. They got everything going today. 58% from the field, 17 threes, 44.7% from three, 16 of 18 from the line, 89%, 35 assists, 14 turnovers. That's a great ratio. Like, even though Denver had 14 turnovers, 35 assists is nuts. The ball was popping today, in the words of my friend Adam Morris. Uh, This was a great game. Starters, bench, absolutely cooked. It was a lot of fun. And I kind of expected it, to be honest. Like this team, they they have this they have this mentality where when something goes bad, they they generally strive to right the wrong that they had. And this last game against the Minnesota Timberwolves was a wrong. They they let them attack the three-point line ad nauseum. 23 made threes by the Minnesota Timberwolves in the last game. Tonight, the Hawks attempted 24 threes. Attempted 24 threes. That's incredible. That is such a massive change. They only made seven. Seven of 24, 29%. Now, Denver gave up other things. And when you talk about the the Atlanta Hawks, you're talking about Trey Young. You're talking about pick and roll with Clint Capella, John Collins, And Denver gave up a bunch of points to those guys. They gave up a combined 69 points, actually. Nice. Uh, But they held everybody else in check. The rest of the wings, they ran off the three-point line. Aaron Gordon, in particular, did a nice job of guarding Trey Young at the three-point line. Everybody else did, too. This this team, like the three that Trey Young made, I, I can't remember who it was against. I'm pretty sure it was against... Aaron Gordon on a deep step back off a couple dribble moves. And I'm not surprised that he made it because he's a great player, but he had to work hard for that shot. And he had to work hard for every single three that he attempted. Now, Denver gave him some driving lanes. They gave him some direct lines to the the paint at times and did their best to take away the other things. They tried to take away the lob. They tried to take away... uh, the other stuff with the wings, the kickouts to the wings, did a really nice job against Luolo Cabarro, Kevin Herter, players like that. Danilo Gallinari shot one of seven, one of three from the three. They mostly, like, they got beat by Atlanta. They scored one, like, Atlanta scored 115 points. So it wasn't like they were doing poorly here. They finished at the rim really well. When you've got Collins and Capella and, and Jokic gets into foul trouble and you're giving straight line drives to Trey Young, obviously they're going to score. But the Nuggets dished it right back. They did absolutely everything that you need to do offensively against a team with Trey Young and against a team that has uh, Capella and Collins where you, you want those guys to be pulled away from the rim as much as possible. And when Collins is the center, you want Jokic to be in his grill. You want whoever it is to be rolling to the rim. And that is what their guys did. And it opened up the rest of the game 
for everybody else. It was awesome. Let's talk about the starters real quick. And I'm actually going to talk about, let's talk about Nikola Jokic in the second segment, because while he is a starter, he only played 26 minutes tonight. He got into early foul trouble in the third quarter. And because of that, that allowed him to, uh, he played a lot of the fourth quarter with the bench unit. And I thought that there were some really interesting things that came from that group. Um, the Nuggets went away from him in that early third, and they still survived. They still maintained that lead. And I think, like, we'll talk about before, like when Jokic was on the court, uh, Jokic was very, very good. He was doing a lot of facilitation, a lot of kind of receiving the ball in the middle of the floor when he did get it. A couple of occasional post-ups against guys like Gallinari. He didn't really post up Capella that often, but he posted up Collins, posted up Gallo, took advantage of those matchups when they happened. But for the most part, he was trying to distribute to everybody else. And uh, Will Barton was a good passer tonight. Jeff Green was a good passer tonight. Aaron Gordon was a really good passer tonight. And they were just moving the ball, finding the open man consistently. And whether that was at the rim or at the three-point line, it didn't really matter. Their shots were open, and it was because the entire unit really took care of business. Uh, Jokic was good, but I do want to give credit Aaron Gordon. He capitalized on his shooting opportunities. Both he and Barton really struggled in the first quarter, and like Gordon specifically, his first two possessions, he went at guys isolation style. Uh, he went to, I think, Kevin Herter, and then I think he went at Clint Capella. And both opportunities, he screwed up, turned the ball over one time, missed an open shot at the rim on the other, and then he faded into the background and, and let the rest of the team kind of find their rhythm. And because he did that, and because uh, because he was able to kind of give the ball up and, and let the offense work, when it found him again, he was doing great things. He was doing fantastic things. 16 points, 5 of 8 from the field, 2 of 4 from 3, 4 of 4 from the line. 3 rebounds, 3 assists, and a nice block on Trey Young. He's playing really well and like it's a it's a drastically different performance than he had last game where he kind of doesn't necessarily find the rhythm offensively. And then doesn't take his matchup seriously or, or doesn't really impact it as much as he could have when he was facing Anthony Edwards. Faces a smaller guy in Trey Young that you would think he probably would struggle more against. And I thought he was just much better. Much, much better. Monte Morris, fantastic. 21 points, three rebounds, two assists, one steal. Uh, took advantage of Trey Young defensively. That really stood out in this game, just somebody who constantly is taking advantage of the open space allotted to him by the opposition. And he's really learned over the course of his career that that's the way that he gets his shots. It's when when he is trying to be an attacker, sometimes it doesn't go well because he has a lack of athleticism, a lack of size. And he can be bothered in some of those situations where he's being too aggressive. When he's being properly aggressive, hunting for the right shots, knowing where those opportunities are going to come, and 
And then when going up against a guy like Trey Young, takes advantage of that matchup. Absolutely takes advantage of it. And it was pretty clear from the jump that as many shots as Trey Young was getting and creating for his team, it felt like Monte Morris and Bones Highland and Faku and, and any other guard that was being guarded by Trey got it all back every single time. It was great. Jeff Green also deserves a stamp of approval from Nuggets Nation. 20 points, five rebounds, four assists, one block, eight of 13 from the field, four of nine from three. And get this, the four attempts that he had inside the arc, three of them were dunks. One of them was a turnaround mid-range jumper. That was a wet jump shot with the shot clock winding down. It was really impressive. But then the rest of the shots were threes. They were distributed around the perimeter of the floor where he could space the floor out really well for everybody else. And hitting four of nine from three, that is good enough. That is absolutely good enough. And he just did a great job of understanding the moment that when Nikola Jokic gets hurt, when he gets hurt, or not not hurt, uh, excuse me, sorry, I'm I'm reading other things and just screwing up my, my podcast here. When he gets into foul trouble, gets four fouls, at like the 11-minute mark of the third quarter, one minute in. Jeff Green moves to the five and does a good job on the offensive end of moving the ball, making sure that everybody's involved. And when he gets the ball in an isolation situation, created a shot for somebody else, did the pick and pop with other folks, got to the middle of the floor, and then continued to just play with a, a veteran mentality that you need from players who have to understand the moment, to understand the strengths and weaknesses of the team that they're facing, and then just figure it out. Just got to figure it out as it goes. He was very good playing a very smart brand of basketball. Deserves a lot of credit for that. All four of those guys, um, Jokic, Morris, Gordon, Green, were excellent today. Will Barton was not excellent, and I do want to like I don't want to call him out too much. He because he's really struggling. It really was looking like uh, just he was short on most of his shots at the beginning, still trying to find his rhythm. But to his credit, he started the game one of six from the field in the first nine minutes. Just was was not doing well, not playing well on the defensive end either. But to his credit, he only attempted four more shots throughout the game. Didn't. Hunt for his own looks, made a three, uh, looked like he was trying to get others involved, and then do some other things. He had seven rebounds, had four assists, had two blocks, was a plus 10, didn't let the bad shooting performance affect the rest of his game as much. And that's the kind of, I feel like that's the kind of step that you have to take in the right direction when you're going through what I, I do think is now a shooting slump between before he left due to illness and then after he's coming back. He hasn't shot the ball well, and Denver's had to have other guys step up. But on a night where they put up 133, I don't think it's a good idea to hyper-focus on Barton. He's clearly struggling. He will get out of it. He's a veteran who knows what he's doing. Uh, it's it's going to take some time. As long as he's putting in the effort, as long as he's got the right mentality about it and isn't trying to force things, He's going to be okay. The Nuggets are going to be okay. 
I really do think that. Let's take a break. When we come back, we are going to discuss the bench and Nikola Jokic with the bench, which was very interesting. But before we go, football fans, I know you all love an action-packed, high-scoring NFL game. And Week 15 is up. The Broncos, they have a minus three spread against the Cincinnati Bengals going into the weekend. That is going to be a very interesting game with uh, with Teddy Bridgewater trying to lead this Broncos team to, I think, eight and six. How crazy is that? Things have been pretty average for them. But with you at DraftKings, it doesn't have to be average. You could be a winner. And you can do it once a single point is scored in any game that you bet. New customers who bet just $1 on any team to score can win $100 in free bets. It's that simple. DraftKings Sportsbook customers can also get skin in the game with new same-game parlays. So if you want to bet the Nuggets or the Broncos spread, excuse me, if you want to bet the Broncos spread and you also want to bet, uh, say, Jerry Judy, who's on my fantasy team, you want to bet him to score a touchdown, I'd greatly appreciate that. I hope it comes out as a win. But he would be awesome to get a, a touchdown with, and the, and the Broncos could absolutely use that because he hasn't scored one all year. Combine multiple bets from the same game for a bigger payout. The more legs you add, the more money you win. It is that simple. And the best thing, they are safe, secure, and reliable. You can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want. So download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code MHS. Bet $1 on any team to score and win $100 in free bets. If they score, you score with promo code MHS only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older, Colorado only, new customers only, restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details. Gambling problem call 1-800-522-4700. We'll be right back on Pickaxe and Roll. Welcome back. Pickaxe and Roll. Ryan Blackburn here. Thank you so much for tuning in. If you could, it would be awesome if you could rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google, wherever you get your podcasts. That would be great. Make sure to share the program because I'm doing as much as I can. And this is the fifth podcast of the week. And I think that I've done a great job of covering this Nuggets team because there's been a lot to cover. Okay. Let's talk about the bench unit now because Starters, they were good. Uh, Jeff Green, plus 13. Aaron Gordon, plus 6. Will Barton, plus 10. Jokic, plus 13. Monte Morris, plus 4. But basically, the entire bench was positive, too. And they deserve some respect for for what they did in this game. Uh, There were some instances where they probably weren't as, as good on the defensive end as you needed them, but... They were so good on the offensive end of the floor that it just didn't matter in a lot of these cases. Uh, They had two different stints with the bench. In the the first half, it was all bench. You had uh, Faku, Bones, Austin Rivers at the three. Welcome back, Austin Rivers. You had Vlatko at the four and Zeke Nagy at the five. And then when Jokic got into foul trouble, uh, they went with Bones initially, but then decided to then decided to 
uh, go with Zeke, kind of upsize a little bit, match up with Clint Capella, John Collins, players like that. Uh, when they went back to the bench, uh, Najee came out, and Jokic was the the bench big in the fourth quarter, where he played with Faku, Bones, Austin Rivers, and Flacco, and that was a really interesting unit where you get a lot of guys. Uh, moving, passing, and cutting around Jokic and around Faku, it was a great unit. And I think we have to start with Bones. I think that that's the way to go with this. I'm going to talk about him and uh, Faku a little bit in the third segment. But I do want to talk about Bones here. Gets a career high, a new career high, 24 points, 8 of 11 from the field, 4 of 5 from 3, 4 of 5 from the line. The only black spot on the night that he had was that he missed a free throw. And uh, Chris Marlowe, Scott Hastings had been talking about, oh, he's got this free throw streak that he's been going to, was shooting 96% from the free throw line. He did miss one tonight, and that's okay. Sometimes a streak has to end, but 96% is incredible. And it just shows the level of confidence and level of shooter that he is, and it might be. But 24 points in 26 minutes was a team high tied with Faku at plus 15 uh, 8 of 11, 4 of 5, 4 of 5. The way that he shoots the ball, and I'm going to talk about this more in the third segment, like I said. The way that he shoots the ball gives this bench unit a little bit more flexibility, a little bit more backbone. Uh, because if he makes some shots, then you as a unit, as a team, I think there's definitely a sentiment that that you can compete a little bit. Because sometimes when you've got lineups that include Faku, Marcus Howard, uh, let's go Vlatko, Zeke, and Jeff Green, like that is not a good lineup. And that's very reliant on Marcus Howard, who thankfully, it seems like he's going to miss around six to eight weeks in all likelihood with a, with a knee sprain. They weren't very specific on what ligament it was in the knee. The reason why they're reevaluating is probably because they're unsure, um, or at least they're uh, not sure to the degree that there is a sprain, which could mean any number of things. But for our uh, resources here, he's, he's out through the All-Star break. That's what I would probably discuss. Um, but in his place, if you put Bones out there, and I know that Bones have been going through a little bit of a low point for a little bit before he... Uh, was suspended for violation for a violation of team rules. Uh, you put Bones out there, and when he gets hot, when he plays with the aggressiveness and the focus that he played with tonight, it looks different. It feels different because he has the capability to get downhill and get to the spots that he needs to go. There was one play where he had the ball kicked out to him, Cam Reddish was defending him. Cam Reddish, good defender, good wing defender, somebody who, if I were a Nuggets fan, I'd want him on my team for a number of reasons. Now, his shot selection tonight sucked, and he didn't do anything else other than shoot the ball. So maybe this is a uh, red flag for teams that are trying to trade for Cam Reddish, but I do think that when Bones gets downhill, when he caught that ball, he made a quick dribble move went right past Cam Reddish on the run, just just zoomed right by him, left him in the dust, made a nice fake at the rim, uh, laid the ball up on the other side. It was a very, very strong move. 
And you like to see that from him because him settling for a three is not always going to be good. And sometimes you'll see that in some of these games. But tonight, he got to the rim, he got to the mid-range, got to comfortable spots. And then once he felt comfortable, he took the outside shots and he was hitting. And then he was hitting. And he didn't stop hitting. And it was fantastic. And he just hit shots all over the floor. It was very cool to see. I like his game a lot. I think that he is going to be a great offensive player. And it's just going to take some time to manifest that as he works through some of the rookie kinks, rookie struggles. But he's showing the talent and he's showing the flashes. And once those flashes turn into consistencies, he's going to be really good. Faku, though, he deserves a lot of the credit, too. Just playmaking out the wazoo, getting downhill constantly. And this is what I was talking about, man. This is what I was talking about with Faku, that the way that he can leverage a bench unit that kind of struggles to shoot sometimes is to put pressure on the rim, open it up for cuts, open it up for a variety of other things. You can find the kickout passes. You can find the the swing-swing passes. You can find the cuts to the rim, but you have to drive to the rim. That was the thing that I like even more so than the outside shot. The finishing around the rim for him was a, a struggle, but now he's going there confidently. He's finding his rhythm and doing a lot when attacking players that that are just not very good defensively. Like Lou Williams had no business guarding him, couldn't do it. DeLon Wright couldn't really do it either. It was really cool to see, and I like this version of Faku so much. Because he's the energizer bunny at this point. He's the one where sometimes you'll you'll get shot over. Sometimes you will uh, make a misread or, or foul somebody off of trying to make a hustle play. And that is what it is. But he minimized the mistakes tonight. And then maximized the pressure on the rim. Getting into the grill of other, of other people without fouling. And then getting his hands in the right place. And then... Setting the table for Bones, setting the table for Jokic, setting the table for guys like Jamichael Green, or Jeff Green, excuse me. It was great. And I think that this is a version of Faku that can play, that can seriously play. Where when you bring back Jamal Murray, you still want to find time for Faku, still want to find time for Bones. But Denver's going to have this pressure at some point, and it's going to be tough when they have to consolidate, but maybe that will improve them over time. And as and hopefully, like this is around the time where Faku started really getting a rhythm last year, where he found a rhythm before it was kind of as a a starting point guard at times, but a lot of the time it just took him a little bit to really get into rhythm, to really figure it out. And tonight it felt like he had that from the start and just knew where the defense was going to attack, knew where he could find those weak spots and just absolutely kicked their ass. It was fan-freaking-tastic. Austin Rivers, welcome back. 11 points, 5 of 9 from the field, 1 of 4 from 3. 
uh, still doing the hesitation step, like jab step threes. And those are like, man, you could write a book about those, to be honest. It is just a, is just not great. But what I will say is that when he was driving to the rim tonight, shot four of five from two point range. When he was driving to the rim, sometimes it was on isolations, sometimes it was in transition, but he was finishing well. And that is the version of Austin Rivers that I remember from college, that I remember at Duke, and even with the Clippers, teams like that, where he would leverage his outside shooting ability and then his quickness and a a quick one or two dribble moves to get to the rim, then use his body to contort and do everything. It was great. It was a, a fantastic return for Austin Rivers, where you don't necessarily want too much, but you just want him to fit in and want him to find his own rhythm. And he clearly did that tonight. So there are some times where he struggles with a perimeter assignment. There are some times where he doesn't rotate properly, but for the most part, uh, he makes fewer mistakes than a player like Bones defensively. Uh, even somebody like Faku will uh, over gamble at times where Austin Rivers is mostly very fundamental. Uh, you need a version of all three of them, though. That's the thing, is that having the veteran savvy of both Faku and Austin Rivers, but also the explosiveness of a Bones, I think all three of those guys have a case for when Jamal Murray comes back, you want all three of them out there. I hope that Austin Rivers, when when he comes back, he said that he was struggling with the with getting COVID. That when he got it, it he had symptoms and then just really, really struggled to breathe at times at night. So hopefully that is behind him. Hopefully he continues to improve. And uh, Denver could absolutely use him. They can absolutely use this version of him tonight that was aggressive, that was functional, and that really was kind of the second option when he was out there to Bones Highland. Zignaji was good when he was out there defensively, rolling to the rim. A lot of what Denver was able to do with Faku, with Bones, with Austin Rivers, even with Vlaco, uh, was because Zignaji was setting good screens and rolling to the rim, freeing them up to make some plays. And that's how you get everything started, is you set a good screen, you put pressure on the rim, and Zeke took one shot tonight. He took one three. And he was a minus four. I don't think that was necessarily on him. I think that was mostly the stint where he was with the starters and they were just doing their thing. It wasn't really his fault. When he was with the bench, I thought that he was good. I thought that he was perfectly reasonable. And I hope he continues to get more time because this experience is very key. Uh, zero rebounds tonight. That is a question mark if I've ever seen one, but Denver didn't really miss a lot of shots when he was out there. So not a lot of offensive rebounding opportunities. And frankly, Atlanta didn't miss a lot when he was out there. So not a lot of defensive rebounding. So like, like Atlanta had 10 offensive rebounds tonight. Uh, but Gallo had one, the bench had one, and the starters had nine, like four for Collins, four for Capella. So I'm not sure how much to attribute that to Najee. I'd have to go back and look. And finally, Vico, he is 
solid. Like he was very solid today. Not fantastic when guarding Trey Young, but did enough in his minutes that when he got switched on to him, he was perfectly reasonable and forced tougher shots than some of the shots that Trey got today. Uh, Gallo was his main matchup on the defensive end and went oh, and went one of seven. So you can say that. Um, and there just there wasn't really a lot to talk about with Flacco. He was in the right place. Um, had six points, two assists, moves the ball well, is a smart player. And as he continues to uh, play a little bit more, you can see the chemistry that he has with these guys where, especially with uh, with Faku and Jokic, the great passers, that he knows how to pass and he knows where to be to be on the receiving end of their passes. So hopefully that sticks. Hopefully this is a performance that Denver can continue. Uh, going into Brooklyn on Sunday. Uh, Brooklyn, obviously, there's been a lot of talk about them uh, having COVID protocol issues, having injury issues. They're bringing back Kyrie Irving for their road trips. He's not going to be able to play in Brooklyn, though, and that's where Denver's going. So you won't see Kyrie Irving on the floor, but you might see uh, Kessler Edwards and uh, David Duke Jr., who I mean, he's talked about having an unfortunate name, but that is a really, really unfortunate name. Um, but also Kevin Durant, and I wonder Kevin Durant sat this last game. Pretty sure it was a back-to-back. Not sure. I think it was against maybe Orlando or some team like that. But he didn't play there, and. I bet he was. Pro- I bet he's probably going to play against Denver. They're going to want to play that game. He's going to want to play against Jokic, and that'll be a fun battle. So, when we come back, we're going to talk briefly about bones and confidence. We'll be right back. All right, final segment, pickaxe and roll. I want to talk about confidence in this final segment. And this is going to be a shorter one, not going to be uh, super long. But I I do want to talk about confidence and why Denver specifically could really benefit from this particular game. But also just understanding that they are a, a capable basketball team. And they don't have to have Nikola Jokic play at apex levels all the time in order to do it, in order to win games. And I thought you you saw it really well in this game tonight, where Jokic is playing well in the first and second quarter, but he's not necessarily dominating. He's not necessarily trying to take 12 shots, 15 shots in the first half, really imprinting his game or his, his mark on this game from a scoring standpoint, from an individual standpoint. Now, he, he was like five of six. He was doing everything he could in the limited opportunities that he had. And that was great. Like, that was great to see, and he was very effective. But one of the reasons why he can do that is because he has good teammates. I think lost in the shuffle of him being as great as he is, being as, as talented as he is, 
is that there are there are times where Aaron Gordon, Jeff Green, Monte Morris, Will Barton, and now Bones Highland can all score 20 points. They're all capable of doing it. Sometimes you're, you're not going to get a 20-point performance from the bench, and, and that's going to be a difficult thing. But as I've talked about before, when the Nuggets bench scores 30 points, they're generally going to be really good. And so when you see a guy like Bones Highland putting up 24, making shot after shot, every shot he fires up is from a good place of confidence that he feels like is going to go in and the rest of the team feels like he's going to go in because of the process that he's undergone, because of the shooting talent that he has, the fact that he's earned it, for sure. I've been really impressed with Bones. He's somebody who, in in a normal situation, normally he is going to be, as a 26th overall pick, oh, and (laughs) as as I... and here I see coming across my timeline that the Nuggets are re-signing forward Davon Reed to a hardship exception. Uh, he played six games. Uh, that is from Sham Sharania. So instant reaction to that. Davon Reed was really good while he was here. And I'm glad that Denver is going to get him back. They, they need more size on the wing. Uh, that is always going to be something that is beneficial. Having options is good. Uh, okay. Davon Reed back to the Nuggets. Uh, you heard it here first, uh, immediately. Um, okay, Bones. The confidence that he plays with is such an importance to Denver. And the fact that he was drafted and still has this confidence immediately, he's going to be a great player for a long time. Because when you're a player like that, who has the shooting talent that he does, above 90% from the free throw line. I'm not sure how many rookies have done that before, but I do think that he's going to be a great player for a long time and could be helpful for the Nuggets going forward this year. Like, he already is helpful, let's be honest, but there are going to be times where he's going to go through these struggling periods and he's going to go through the ups and downs of the NBA season because it's long, because it's arduous. Think about all of the the ups and downs that he's already had, where he started the year not even playing. or, or Well, he, in the preseason, he was playing. He was dominating. Probably deserved to play from the get-go. I've talked about that ad nauseum. Didn't play. Denver, they gave the opportunity to their veterans. The veterans uh, flubbed it. And he now gets the opportunity to go into these games and play well, and, and then he does, and he, he does a really nice job, and then he goes through a struggle period, and then he kind of comes out of it, and then he rolls his ankle, and that sucks. It's it's really tough to, to see that, and then he comes back and plays pretty well, and then he immediately goes out to the COVID protocol, and you start to see the pattern. You start to see what a, a rookie, a talented rookie he is, but also what it means to be a rookie in the NBA, trying to play for a competitor most nights. So it can be hard. I think that Evan Mobley, what he's doing in Cleveland, is it's one of the unprecedented things uh, about the Cavs this year and about rookies in general is that they don't usually come in and have that immediate impact. 
Now, Bones is also talented. I mean, he's, he's very talented, just like Evan Mobley. There's, there's a little bit of a difference there from a size perspective, impact on defense, whatever. But what I will say is that Denver needs Bones. And it's not just because of the skill set, although that really helps. It's the confidence and the belief that he has and the joy that he plays with. Because you could see Denver playing with that joy tonight, doing everything that they could to make the highlight pass, to make the highlight shot, to find the extra pass, to find the open shot. They were working for great looks all night, even with the bench. And it starts with having a guy in bones that you feel like if you if he has the ball, if you put him in a position to succeed, then he's going to do well. It's going to be a really fun career for Bones Highland. I am very excited to watch him. I'm very excited to watch him and Faku over the course of these next couple months. Because I think the Faku, despite what I've talked about with him, despite that there are some times where he can really miss the mark in terms of how he's trying to impact the game. I think that when he kind of recenters himself around what what his foundation is, like who he is as a player, then that is also helpful for Denver. He doesn't need to be the high shooting player. He can dish it off to Bones. He can set up Zeke. He can set up Flacco. When he rotates with the starters, he can set up Jokic. He can set up Aaron Gordon. That alley-oop between Faku and Gordon in this game was one of the reasons why Faku and, and Aaron Gordon are confirming the way that they're playing. Where Aaron Gordon is staying efficient and Faku's just racking up these assists because he's throwing it to efficient players. It's crazy. I do think that Faku... I've said this before. He can be a helpful NBA player. He absolutely can be. And to say otherwise would be crazy. Would be absolutely crazy. Because he has these moments like now where you go against against a guy like Lou Williams and he just eats his lunch. Just absolutely takes it away from him. Cam Reddish doesn't matter. DeLon Wright, who cares? Like some of these guys are, are really good NBA players, have been great NBA players for a while in Lou Williams' case. But when Faku brings the energy and plays kind of with a fundamental discipline that he's not going to gamble on steals too much, he's just going to try to put himself in the best position that he can on both ends of the floor, then that's when you succeed. You don't want to go wild. You want to put yourself into a position where you can go wild. I don't know if that makes sense. I don't know if the, the the delineation between those two things makes enough sense, hearing myself say it. But you want to put yourself into a position where Faku can do Faku things. Not necessarily where he tries to do Faku things just on a whim. Like he'll run all the way across the court. He will try to get a strip. He will uh, throw the highlight pass 
most of the time it's there. Most of the time he gets it through. He had a couple tonight where he's just fantastic. But those two guys, Faku and Bones, playing with the chemistry that they have, but also playing with the confidence that they had tonight, I think that differentiates between early season Nuggets bench and the bench now. Where over these past two games, uh, Faku's been a very helpful bench player. Bones, before he went out, was kind of struggling a little bit from a confidence perspective, but now you play with confidence and you see, oh man, this is excellent. Bones, this is not going to be his career high, or this is not going to be a season high in my opinion. I do think that Bones will have a 30-point game at some point. If he's shooting this efficiently at times, if he's shooting just absolutely daggers against some of these teams, he's going to win Denver a game. He's going to be closing games at times, perhaps over Barton, perhaps over Jeff Green, maybe. And then Nuggets fans get everything they want. They get the fun games. They get the high volume offenses. And they get Bones Highland doing Bones Highland things. Faku Kampaza doing Faku things. It's fun when those two are playing well. That is going to do for this episode of Pickaxe and Roll, presented by DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook app. Thank you so much for tuning in. Appreciate all the love and support as always. Thank you so much for tuning in to this podcast. I'll be back on... Monday or or Sunday night following the Brooklyn Nets game. I'll talk to you guys next week.